Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey guys, hope you're having an awesome day so far and welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. Today, we're going to talk about something that could be kind of confusing, especially if you're heading into this time of your life. You're probably listening to this because college is in your near future. So today we're going to be talking about how the college admission process works. So if you're in it, you're probably at this point where you're on an information highway. It all seems really confusing and blurry because of the number of things you have to think about in order to attend college next year. PSATs, SATs, letters of recommendation, choosing a major, visiting college campuses are most likely piling up on your agenda or will be at some point. So how does all this thing work? So first, choosing a college can be really tough. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, especially if you're the type of person who struggles deciding what to eat for breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that could be a challenging decision, let alone taking a decision that could affect the rest of your life. You know, and even after successfully getting through the SAT or ACT, choosing the right college to attend is an important decision you should also carefully consider. So let's take a look at some factors that students and parents should consider. The cost, of course, and also the program that you're choosing to pursue. Proximity might be an also something to think of, or maybe lack thereof, to home, whether it's close or really far. Prestige, and also what that could mean for your future. Friends and family who have attended the school, they're, also, they're just great to talk to. The reputation of the school based on the accounts of those other people. And if you're an international student studying in the U.S. and what that means for you. Those are just a few of the things on the very long list of stuff to consider that you would want to at least think about as you select a college to attend. Also, let's explore how a few of these could affect your decision. Cost. Okay, with student loan debt at an all-time high, cost a huge concern on people's minds when it comes to college education. There are even arguments out there as to whether a college education is even worth it anymore. Ooh. Here are a few ideas to consider, though, when it comes to cost. An expensive university does not necessarily mean you will have to foot the bill out of pocket. There are colleges that are pricey, but also have huge endowments that provide need-based scholarships to students who are admitted and need that help to pay tuition. So instead of, instead of eliminating a university on cost alone, find out if there are scholarships that do exist and what it takes to get them. Attending a community college for the first two years and then following that up with the last two years at a four-year university, that's another tactic students and parents are taking big advantage of these days to reduce that cost. You can factor this into your decision-making as well. In-state tuition, man, historically always been much lower than out-of-state tuition. And of course, apart from tuition, books, living expenses, housing, food, and transportation are also the big factors to consider in cost. What major you're going to do, the program you pursue has everything on how your admissions experience will go. Certain schools are well known for certain majors. And if you decide to go to a school like that and enter a program they are known for, chances are you'll be required to take an entrance exam. Now, it's common for students who are entering nursing school, for instance, to take advantage, or I should say, take an extra entrance exam beyond the SAT or ACT. If you plan on going into such a major, you would need to study extra material in order to take 
said exam. Certain majors, maybe uh, schools, require you to have letters of recommendation in order to even be admitted. So if this is the case, you would just typically have to get two or three people to write and submit these letters on your behalf. And from experience, getting letters of recommendation from the people you would like to do this for you can become a pain if you don't plan well. I've always found that it helps just to plan ahead. Let them know way ahead of time, the people that you want to write these letters for, like two or three months in advance of the deadline for the college application. Not two or three days. Made that mistake before. Um, (laughs) Remember that your recommenders are likely to be busy as well. So if your recommenders know you very well, they might be able to write your letter without any guidance about what you've accomplished in the past. However, if you're going to use a recommender who is not very familiar with you, but who you think is powerful and would impress the admissions committee, you should give them a resume or a list of your accomplishments so they can craft a really good letter for you. Some schools also require that you write a personal statement that showcases your extracurricular activities and how those make you an excellent fit for the school. Prestige. That's a big word. How prestigious is the university? Um, that's also going to affect the college admissions experience. Now, just like I mentioned above, that your particular college major would require an entrance exam, letter of recommendation, or not. The more prestigious the university is, I don't know why I always have to put that voice on, but I don't know, it just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> the more likely it is that they will require you to take an entrance exam or produce letters of recommendation as well. Generally, the more prestigious a school is, the more expensive it's going to be too. And if you're an international student, here's a couple of things to consider. Despite all of that stuff that we already talked about, but immigration requirements. So international students also need to have taken an English test of some sort, like the test of English as a foreign language, or the TOEFL, or the test of spoken English, the TSE, in order to be admitted. So once you've taken all the required tests, usually the SAT and an English language test, you've met all of the university requirements and have gained admission, the university will have to offer you an I-20 document that will allow you to go to the U.S. Embassy in in your country to interview for a student visa. The requirements for obtaining a student visa differ each year, but one of the things you'll be asked for is if you can afford to attend the college and university of your choice. You'll need to be able to show evidence like bank statements or the fact that you've paid a portion of your fees up front to be able to satisfy this requirement. And these are just a few things to check out if you're an international student. All right, so now that we've kind of talked about some things to consider, now let's talk about how you can expect it to go. And here's how the admissions process works. As I mentioned before, every college has a different admissions process. However, there are some common themes to expect. Once you've taken your SAT or ACT tests and gotten the results, you will begin filling out application forms for each school you've decided to apply to. When you're registering for the SAT or ACT, there is an option for the examining body to send your results directly to a school. You can do this. Or you can choose to wait to receive the results and then decide where to apply to. Either way is fine. Filling out college applications is mainly online now, although there are still some schools that accept paper applications that are mailed to them. That's fun. <laughs> you can expect to pay anywhere between 15 and 75 bucks for each college application. So keep that in mind too. And once your application is submitted, your application first goes to the admissions office of the school. 
If you're applying for a special program at a school, like nursing, engineering, or pre-med, it's likely your application will go to the actual department you're applying to for selection. A combination of your SAT, ACT scores, entrance exam scores, letters of recommendation, personal statements, and information you provide on your application form, that will all be used by the admissions committee to make their final decision. If your major requires an interview, a short list of applicants will be called before final decisions are made. On a regular school calendar, this can go on for three to four months. So prepare for that. And usually by the spring of each year, you'll hear back from colleges if you were admitted or not. And depending on your situation, this is the point where you will make a decision on where to attend college in the fall. All right, a lot of stuff to unpack there. And if you missed anything, you can always check out our website, thecollegeinvestor.com. There, you're going to find all kinds of resources and guides because we just want to come alongside of you in this process. It's exciting, we know that, but it also can be kind of scary and stressful at the same time. But man, how cool is it to know that you actually have a ton of choices. <laughs> I mean, that, that actually is a really cool thing. When you think about it, it's, again, it's at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe. You can also share this podcast as well if you have some friends and family going to be entering into this phase of life. Hey, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again.